Hello there, D&D aficionados and good peoples of the role-playing pantheon. Welcome to... From a Part 2 A Crimson Nid podcast that will journey with four wayward adventurers into the heart of the Southlands, a land of mystery and adventure, where riches and dangers await those brave enough to cross the wild expanses. My name is Stacy, and my player and game master handle is Dagobah. The campaign setting is Southlands from Cobalt Press. We are using the D&D 5e rule set, and we game using Fantasy Grounds Virtual Tabletop. So, no more to be said. Let's just sit back, stay tuned, and enjoy. Welcome to session 24. Let us take a moment and see if we can fill in the blanks. So, tralala, ho-hum, humbug. Norbert was dead, but now is alive. And you are not responsible for returning his life. So why and how is he not still in the ground? His flesh being eaten by bugs, worms, and grubs. How did he do it? Do turtles have some superpower where upon death they will rise again an hour later? You sit in silence listening as your companions tell you everything that's happened since... Why is it so hard to remember? You remember plunging down into that trench of writhing vines, and you remember thinking how stupid it was to use the silk rope instead of hemp. Hanging by that rope, you remember that damn bloody vine grabbing you and starting to squeeze. Then blackness. And on opening your eyes, that white-haired man-goat. Wait. What? What did Quicker? What did Clicker just say? Bashir? Norbit jumps to his feet, blood boiling in his veins. The new companion, Volga, sits and listens carefully to the stories behind this reunion. Are her thoughts troubled? She did stumble into the catfolk person these people refer to as Bashir. And then there was the rage she witnessed in Clicker's attack on that catfolk. Does the Hujin not know how lucky she was? That Feylord could have been offended. Huh? Slaves? There are slaves in this land? As the conversation about Bashir continues, a dryad named Thistle Pollendale arrives. She was sent by Grandma Elmtwinkle to begin your instruction on how to step into the plane of dreams. It takes time, and you have a modicum of success with your individual attempts, but... By working together, you are able to draw open a curtain wide enough that even Volga will be able to step through. Stepping beyond the veil beyond stepping beyond the veil between planes is taxing, probably fraught with danger. So is it any wonder that your transit doesn't come without incident? What happened? Was that a cityscape that sucked Volan away? He had seemed so out of sorts lately and well shit. Shit does happen. And perhaps that was just some family tribal magic shit. And Volan's family simply mounted a rescue. Could be. Couldn't it? Having expected to enter the plane of dreams within the forest tunnel, outside Grandma M. Twinkle's court, you instead find yourself on the edge of a clearing, overlooking an early settlement. By Wotan's blind eye, that's Nit and Ona Ona! How are they here? You'd only just seen them a couple hours ago. Inspired by not being dead, Norbert offers a suggestion. Use your will to catch up the slavers. But all attempts at using your will, your imagination, comes up against some form of resistance. 
that seems to be coming from below the clearing. Clicker and Norbert confront the two humans, and to their side is a female dwarf named Kilia. The dwarf is one of eleven other dwarves that arrived some months ago with plans to create a grand city called Glavist. Meh, so what? Three of the companions only have eyes for the two slavers. And it's just the new companion that wonders why the female dwarf seems slightly off. Conversations continue, and Thorn keeps his distance, choosing to use minor illusion to talk. Perhaps he can't trust himself in testing the water of what the hell is going on. Through the ebbs and flows of this conversation, information is slowly extracted and pieces of the puzzle are assembled. At which point, the resurrected and nearly naked Norbit is unable to contain himself. And so, the previous session ends with Norbit testing one of his tenants by tackling the pigtailed redhead named Nit. Shall we find out what happens next? And so ends my recapitulation. Um, quick question. Go for Neat, it. Neat and Olga are both female red-headed dwarves. Nit is a redhead and is a human. She was the one that Norbert tackled and that you had your flaming hands ready to strike at. Kilia is not. I think in the picture I had her with white hair, I think. And Olga, yes, she had orange hair, not red, orange, and she's not there. You had seen her with Bashir, Nit and Ona Ona, but you haven't seen her here, and the two of them had indicated that she stayed behind. Okay, and Ona Ona is a female human yeah. also. Nit and Ona Ona are both female humans, correct. Hey there, Tua. Sorry for being late. That's all right. We were just shooting the shit. <laughs> I was. I, I started something and I thought, oh yeah, it's only going to take about no more than 10 minutes and it took like 20 minutes or something. It was stupid. <laughs> I did something like yeah, that at work last life. week. Took two, ended up taking two hours. Okay. So... Norbert had tried to start something, a little bit of shenanigans happened. Nit shoved him into the tent and then took off running, at which point Volga cast Entangle and caught her up and then Norbert came up and tackled her and is on top. Thorn is back to the south part of the clearing. Ona Ona still remains kind of behind Clicker who's kind of got her arms up to prevent any interference. And it is the afternoon. It is a nice balmy day out of about 23 degrees Celsius. Not centigrade, Celsius, I remembered. But you were right. I was wrong. Centigrade was, was the correct term. <laughs> Celsius was the shit term. <laughs> also, uh, I think the one has the correct. stone. Has the stone from Knit. Yes. Celsius was was the maker or the, the the person who defined it, and he called it centigrade. Ah. So I think centigrade is is the correct way to do it. Right on. 
Look at that. I was right. How about that? Let's write it down in the annals of time. Okay. Well, I mean, centigrade stands for like a measurement of a hundred, really, doesn't it? Anyway. Back Center music being a hundred and grade being, you know, a level. Oh, actually, I, I should be... Sorry, it shouldn't be that. It should be... Because this is still going on. Bit of a battle. Okay. So, where we left it off, Clicker, you were up. And I remember Clicker was talking to Ona Ona while all this go was going on. Yep. Uh, trying to make sure that nobody interfered and since nobody was interfering save for the entangling vines she was uh, i think not doing anything yep and you'd learned that nit's boyfriend was angus right yeah i have it all written down uh, i'm just caught off guard because i don't know what what the next question was going to be or sentence anyway So she she turns to to knit for a second, looks at what is happening, trying to gauge whether the turtle is about to smash her face in or just hold her, and yeah. then looks over to the building where knit was was screaming towards. You had seen. When Norwich tackled her, you had seen him trying to grapple her arms, but he couldn't get a hold of her arms. But yeah, the full 400 plus pounds of the the turtle is on top of it right now. And I can't look. And oh. Kilia had shouted for Ulfgar, and he had come running out of the house. Oh yeah, it was Kilia. Shut it. Yep. So, yeah, with with a little bit of worry, she just says, "Here comes the reinforcements," and that's it. Okay. Just pass your turn when you're done. Sorry. Bring up the combat tracker. Here we go. So Ona Ona had been standing up and she was talking to you and she continues to stand up. She doesn't sit down. She still looks on. She doesn't offer much anything else and she just kind of stands there with her arms crossed. Norbert. She, Norbert is uh, reaching for the wand that she uh, has in her hand. The wand? Is it a wand that she's got? The silver pain generating so you are on top of her you tackled her from behind as she was running away and got caught up in the entangling vines so yes in your mind think this through so you came from behind and hit her from behind where are her arms okay in that case i, I wouldn't have i wouldn't have seen it then that's right yeah i wouldn't have seen it so in that case um he is going to reach down and pick up her hammer that she dropped 
somewhere. Did she drop it or did she throw it at you? No, she didn't throw it at you because she wasn't trying to. She just dropped it. Yeah, so it's in entangling vines. Okay. So I'm going to reach, reach down and pick that up. All right. Uh, let me put that. Hold on. To grasp it, give me... Give me a strength or athletics check. Strength. Or athletics. Yeah. You manage to, as you're on top of her, reach back behind where you saw it and grab onto it and manage to rip it free of the, the entangling vines. So that would be your action. And I will put a warhammer. I'll put a warhammer into the party sheet. Okay, there you go, it's in the party sheet. So that's your action. Can I do anything else? That's it. Okay. Norbit, you finished your turn. Ulfgar. You see this rotund dwarf who is coming running out of the entrance to the house. In one hand, he's got a wooden spoon, and the other hand, he's got a rolling pin, and he comes running out, dashing to see what's going on. Oh, oh, do I not have lock tokens on? I think I do. So why didn't... Oh, there we go. He comes running out, and he's calling, Kill ya! Kill ya! What's going on? What's going on? Guests? Fighting? No, 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 no. None of that. None of that. You feel Nit is shaking underneath you, Norbit. Her shoulders are shaking and whatnot. Well, I weigh a lot. She's lucky if she can breathe with me on top of her. Well, give me an insight check. Yeah. You feel her shaking underneath you, and, and she gasps out from underneath, and she <laughs> says... Heavy, so heavy. Get off me. She struggles to get out from underneath you. Uh, she is going to do a strength check. So this is trying to break your grapple. Holy wow. cow, look at that. First roll, 20. Natural 20. All right. So this, for you, it can be either strength athletics or acrobatics. Athletics. So she's bucking underneath you, and you are so focused on getting the warhammer in your hands that she manages to buck free from being beneath you. And she stands up, but she is still restrained. She managed to break free of your grapple, but she remains restrained by the roots, and she is no longer prone. She stands there beside you. And when she looks down at you, Norbit, you notice that she's got tears in her eyes as she looks at you and she wipes her face really quick and looks away and she starts struggling to get out of the plants. But that's the end of her turn. Thorn. 
Thorne's sort of looking on with concern, but he, he's not doing anything untoward to aggravate the situation. And uh, uh, just looks, he, he can't actually use magic where he is. So he's just looking on and and um, waiting. He'll, he'll draw his bow if there seems to be some sort of violence going on as a readied action. Okay. Volga. Okay, does it look like, um, what's her face? Neat? Uh, Neat is getting away. You had seen Norbert on top of her. You'd seen her buck Norbert off and stand up. But you can see that she is still caught up. Your vines still are holding her feet. And she is still restrained. Passively, that's what you can see. If you want to know more, you can do a perception check and that would be your action. Okay. Um, if I want to talk to Gilia and or Ulkar, uh, is that, would that be an action? Yep. What would you like to say? Mm, I'm gonna cast Guidance. That's not touch, right? Let me check. Oh, that is touch. Okay. But I, I will get between um, Kilia and Norbert, if I can. Mm-hmm. Okay. And tap Norbert on the heel, because I'm guessing he's half lying down. Yeah, he's still prone. Yeah, I will touch him and give him guidance. Okay. Can I ask you just to, as well, Daria, just to make sure that those settings that I'd mentioned to you before in Discord are not on? Yes, I will check, but it's the end just, of my check. Just to be sure, because your voice seems to go in and out a bit. Kilia, so she is in melee distance with you at the moment, Volga, and she basically starts moving off to towards Ulfgar are you going to do anything as she moves out of your melee distance uh, she's going to Ulfgar yeah, she seems to be heading in that direction yes yeah that's fine I do nothing so she walks over there she's not dashing she just walks over there at a quick pace and she's Ulfgar Ulfgar they started fighting. I don't understand what's going on. They mentioned another dwarf named Olga. At this moment, I need to pull. The end of the top of the new turn. Thorn, I need to pull you into a private channel. All right. Okay. You hear something on the edge of your perception. It's a chitter and a clacking, a sound that you've recognized as having heard it in the last 24 hours a few times. Is it the um, those creatures to do, do with the Vine Lord? The creatures to do with the Vine Lord? Oh, no, 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 no. 
you recognize this sound as that of being the sounds those scorpions made, especially from that dr when you were sleeping just the night before, just the night ago, when you had been sleeping, you had had that vision where you'd kept hearing all of these. The scorpions were the black scorpions, just kept introducing themselves while you were sleeping before. Okay. Grandma Elmtwinkle came and kind of woke you up from that dream and told them to, to leave. So you hear the clicking and clacking of a black scorpion. Do I get an understanding of the location, direction? Give me a perception check. Give me a second. Yes. Okay, 19. It's off to your left. And when you look to the, your left, it doesn't take a moment, and you do see a black scorpion off to your left, and it's readily visible against the li the landscape. But its pincers, while it's clacking, its pincers are pointing down, downwards. And when you look down, its pincers, you get the feeling that it's indicating something to you. And when you look down, you see something odd. It seems there is a discoloration there underneath where the black scorpion stands. It's a kind of got like a pinkish look to it, and it kind of flows along a little bit, very similar to a river, very narrow, not very wide at all. But you do see it, and it's it's odd to you. Which which direction is it running? This discoloration is it like north, south, east, west? From <clears throat> map point of view, running north, no north south. Okay. I'll walk over and uh, have a closer look of it. Okay. And with that perception, as you start walking over to get a closer look, it's more or less, I'm going to put a, a thing on the map for you. It's more or less there and it flows northwards. So I should probably put it like an arrow like this. And as you start walking in that direction, you hear more clicking and clacking. And this time, that clicking and clacking, as you're walking that way towards the left, you hear it towards your right. And when you look to your right, you see off in a distance, there is another, and surprisingly how well you can see, despite this being a uh, hundred odd feet away, you can readily see another black scorpion. And it seems to be clicking and clacking as well, with its pincers pointed down, and you see another line. Very, very similar to the first, same coloration, moving east-west. And you can give me some form of intelligence check. I mean, being a studied person, this, this knowledge of what you're seeing here, it's within your ability to possibly know what it is. I'd need a, some form of intelligence check. And at the moment, the DC is a is 13 but it could be lower depending on what you think your studies might be able to tell me uh investigation am i able to use that one sure okay so 20. so looking at this you think that what you're seeing based on some of the things that you've read yes you are studied towards archaeology but even within archaeology you know of ley lines and you've heard of ley lines and how in many 
architectural wonders, how they tend to be built on where ley lines might cross or where ley lines might feed to. And you've even heard stories about how some of the ancient ruins of Nuria Natal and some of the cities of Nuria Natal, the empire which your home city Perkush belongs to, how there is all kinds of stories where ley lines are prominent in the creation of or the maintaining of these god kings and goddess queens or queen goddesses, whatever. But you've never seen one so before. This... this is different. You've never, you've heard of it, you've read of it, but seeing it? Okay, interesting. So this ley line, um, is it sort of like in, uh, the crossing of the ley lines, is it ending up in that building to the top left? Give me another perception check. Oh. 23. <laughs> These were really high DCs for you to get this shit. When you look at the ley lines, I mean, you're shocked that you can see it. This, From all you've heard, I mean, the only people who see ley lines are geomancers. So what the fuck? And when you look at this thing, puzzled and thinking, this can't be, this can't be, you think you see, like, you see that shimmer, like, as if it's moving in terms of, like, flowing like a river. But you kind of, for a second, looking at where that those two black scorpions are, it looks like the ley line has slightly moved, like, millimeters, and you're like, that's not possible. Ley lines don't move their positions. Okay, so they're moving, but I mean, because there's one running east-west and one running north-south. Where's the east-west one? Up at the top of the screen of this battle map, and oh, okay, now I see it. Okay, so it's up near the trees somewhere. And although you you thought you seen it, or you're pretty sure you seen it move, the north-south line moved slightly to the west. And the one that was east-west, you're not entirely sure because of how far away it is from you, but you think that it kind of looks like it's it's moving southwards. Okay. Well, I think I might be spending the next few turns following this. <laughs> okay. And as these things are coming into your, your mind, you notice as well that as you're looking at these things, you get a sense of something's coming and it seems to be coming from all around you it's it's not it doesn't seem to be coming from the ley line that's in front of you it doesn't seem to be coming from the ley line that's to the north of where you are it doesn't seem to be coming from the house in front of you just from everywhere it's almost like you feel like a pressure wave or something like this okay uh, is it ominous Yes. Does it feel ominous? Yes, it feels right. ominous. Right, okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll take All it right, back. Alright, cool. Can't find what it. What are you doing, Thorn? Well, I mean, I've... You've I've issued all those checks, and I've moved. Yeah. That would be enough yeah. for me. Okay. Nit is going to try to break free again. A 10. Uh, what is the DC for your entangling vines, Volga? 
Let me check. I can't find my... Where is my spell ADC? So it should be, yeah. if you expand, if you go to Entangling Vines on your Action tab, and you just hit the magnifying glass to expand to the right of Entangle, that expands uh -huh. the, the four options there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strength 15. Yeah, okay, so she didn't. So she looks back towards you, Norbert, once more as she struggles to get her feet free of the vines. And you can see that those tears are falling fairly freely now. And she says, Why don't you go where Volan left? Leave me be. It's, it's all your fault. You, your fault. Leave me alone. And she continues to struggle unable to break free of the entangling vines and also not not um, doing another hostile action towards you, Norbit. Your turn. I'm going to stand up. Okay. Take that prone off yourself. Okay. And... Can I do anything else? That just takes... Standing up, it only takes half your movement, so that was... You still have your the rest of your movement and an action, and potentially a bonus action, depending on what your abilities are. Cool. Well, I've got a Warhammer in my hand, and she's standing next to me. I'm going to give her a love tap. Did you equip the Warhammer? I did. Okay. Go for it. So... Yeah, I'm not quite sure how this works. What did you just try to do there? I was going to tap her on the head with the Warhammer to knock her out. Not to kill her. Well, you double clicked. Oh, sorry. Did I double click? I did too. Okay. Well, the first one was at advantage and you missed. The second one... Why was it at advantage? Because she's oh, restrained. Anyway, so it doesn't matter. Okay. Oh, sorry. So here's what happened. You went with the Warhammer that you got in your hand. Don't know if you're proficient with using such a weapon. Yes, swing mightily at her. And she manages as she's trying to break free from being restrained. She just kind of moves forward as she's jerking to get free. And your Warhammer goes wide. And the momentum comes back around and you smack yourself there. Because that 18, you basically hit yourself with that 18. Okay. No, I'm kidding. You don't actually hit yourself. You just targeted yourself as well as her is all. Oh, did I? Okay. You still have yourself targeted, by the way. Control left click yourself to untarget yourself. There you go. Yep. I've lost my Warhammer too. I don't know where that went. Have you equipped it? I had it equipped when I tapped her on the head. No, you do not have it equipped. You have it in your inventory, but you have not equipped it. No, that's what I said. I had it equipped. I have it equipped ah. again. Okay. Should we try it again, should we? Do you have an ability to make a second attack? No, I do not. So, 
In that case, I failed. We move on. You missed. I missed. Not familiar with the Warhammer, you simply tried to smack at her, and because she's struggling, you missed. Ona, Ona, she's looking at what's going on, but then all of a sudden, she kind of starts looking around her. She looks back. She looks at you. Well, I click her. I'm not sure if you're paying attention to what she's doing, she, but she's behind you, and she's like, she says, what does she say? She says, Oh, shit. It's happening again. And she immediately takes a seat. And as she takes a seat, she puts her hands over her eyes. Wolfgar goes quickly comes up and he comes up to towards Kilia and he stops right in front of her with a wooden spoon and the, the rolling pin in his hands. And he stops right in front of her and gives her an embrace with both an embrace with the, the sides of his arms while he's still holding up and looking around her side. What's going on? What's going on? But he doesn't do anything else. And Volga, because you're there, not Thorn, but Volga passively, for a second there, you see Ulfgar and Kilia, they shimmer for a second. Your turn, Volga. Ah, the fuck is happening? Ah, <laughs> uh, Norbit, did you use the guidance? Actually, Volga, one second. I'm going to pull you into a private channel as well. Okay. You seen that shimmer. And when you've seen that shimmer, Volga, you also hear a tired groan. The groan of someone who has been working hard. And there is a temper to that voice. It seems familiar to you. And everything seems to darken all of a sudden. You no longer see the forest and the clearing around you. You no longer see your com the, the companions that you have joined with. It's dark, but you see there's a figure. And the figure seems to be pushing some form of a cart, slowly moving forward. Some kind of a wooden cart that's on, it looks like on some kind of rails. And from behind you hear a commanding voice that speaks out in a strange tongue. And when you turn to look at the voice, you see... This is what you see. I'm going to show you what you see. Give me a second. You see a creature that looks like this. Very stout. Uh, three arms. That that sorry, that thing talks in like a language? It's speaking, yes. And it's speaking in a commanding voice. And as it speaks, you turn back towards the, the other, the figure that you'd seen, and it hunches even more down and seems to liven up its step a little bit. But when you've seen that creature, it doesn't just look like that. It was actually wearing clothing, and it's you didn't recognize the language that it was speaking. 
but you can give me a perception check. Yes, yes, yes. Nice. So, when you heard that voice speaking, just before you turned, when you heard that commanding voice speaking in that strange language, for a minute, for just an instance, you seen the figure that was just before you turned, the figure that was pushing the cart along, you seen its ears pick up. And as you turn and look at the three-armed, three-legged creature with a gaping maw of a mouth, but it doesn't look as scary as what this picture is. It looks refined. But then you, you quickly, what you've seen with those ears picking up, it sinks in and you quickly turn back to look. But when you turn back, you find that you're, you're back once more in the clearing. And as you find yourself once more in a clearing, you can feel something that seems to be coming from all around you, a sensation, an ominous sensation, like a pressure wave, something that's coming from all sides. Any questions? Yes, just a second. The figure pushing the cart, uh, is it familiar? Do I recognize the race? The ears, when you, when you turned to look at who was talking, when the ears picked up, you were like, Furbolg? And then when that Furbolg that sinks in, you quickly think, holy shit, was that your brother? And when you turn back, it's too late. The image is gone. Fuck you. <laughs> okay. Okay, 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 okay. Okay. So I'm back, and when I'm back, then I get the sensation that something is coming. Something ominous, yes. Okay. Any other questions? I'm ready to go back. Not. <laughs> Why? <laughs> All right. Okay, let's go. I'll take you back. And that's pretty much what happens in your turn. So now we move to clicker. Oh, Volga, you clicker. died. Uh, I can't. Okay. I can't do anything. Okay. I'm taking okay. clicker to a private channel now too. Yeah, everyone keeps going to a private channel. <laughs> clicker. Yeah. As you're standing there, looking at your companions, you feel a cool wind on your face. A wind that ripples through your feathers. You get this feeling of a, the smell of cold, clean air that's free of human pollutants. It doesn't seem like this smell and this sensation are coming from where you are now. You have this incredible sensation of being free. Free of bounds, free, a sense of freedom that you haven't known before. And as you have this sensation, you get this image that appears in your mind. I'm going to share you. That image appears in your mind and it, it flares in your mind when you see that. And you, you do recognize that image. You've seen it many, many places, but you, I mean, you'd seen it very often in some of the, like the earth sleds or some of the sand ships or, or some of the other Earth, the magically earth-moving vessels that are all about in the Southlands. I mean, they're not so common in the sense that, you know, everybody and their dog has one, but, you know, those who are more well-off tend to have them and 
in the city of Ramag where you're from, you could readily pay to get someone who drove an earth sled to take you from location A to B. So you've seen this symbol usually on these magically moving vessels. But it never, I mean, other than seeing the symbol, it never had sunk into you before. But of a sudden now, this symbol has great meaning to you. And you'll see what that is on your actions tab now. But with that coming of that symbol, you have this sense of something profound. And as this is trying to solidify, you get this feeling of as this is happening, like this, this sense of many, many hands that are holding you up. But then of a sudden you hear a call that seems somewhat familiar to you as well. And in Hujin, your ancient native language, you understand this to mean freedom, but with the sound of freedom, you are brought back to reality. And you're once more in the clearing. Any questions? Yes. Completely or somewhat unrelated, though. Go for it. Tell me. Uh, by the way, as always, when you drag me into a private chat, I'm like, what the fuck did he just say? What <laughs> happened? Um... So, okay, let me start with related stuff. So, I would know these from magically moving vehicles that move through the earth, like a tunneler thing. So, earth sleds are basically yeah. here. Actually, I have an image of an earth sled. I'll share that with you as well. Good, good, good. Uh, images, sled. How, how is that related to calling ravens saying freedom? You know that the earth sleds are, they're just like cargo bearing things like you could taxi cabs that you can carry cargo on. They're mm -hmm. clearly run by some form of magic related to the earth. I mean, that is just common knowledge. That symbol, the symbol of Redo, that rune of Redo, you've always seen that on, it always seems to be on like the driving shaft of such vessels whether it's a steering column or a joystick or whatever it is that's on the earth moving vessels and when i say i mean i don't mean moving earth like a dump truck it's just the earth elemental magic sleds mm. okay yeah gotcha okay and so you've always seen that rune but it's never had meaning to you before so now in your actions tab you'll see there's the category spells where you'll see Rune Redo. You have access to that now, but you have access to just the the start of it. I saw that, yeah. The start of it. So you can see it says Rune Power, 4th level, 5th level, 7th level. You can gain access to those with time, with usage. Gotcha. For the moment, okay. it's increased your speed by 5 feet. Yep. And now... The oh that that's that's passive. No, wait, that's not passive. That's uh that's still a cantrip. Hmm. She she doesn't know anyway. I, I will I will inquire about it later. 
you can change the group name to like rune or whatever you want to change the group name to it's just that when i drag drop that it defaulted to put it under cantrips but it's not a cantrip it's a rune okay it's rune so magic. it's it is passive yes okay um the other question yes. i i did the i did the work okay i did the effort and i went through through three of our past uh episodes to find that scene where Onaona and Nit were talking to each other to find out what Onaona said. But I can't remember what scene that was. Was that when we came back? I only I only found like uh, little snippets of words that, that Bashir and uh, Tamahanakara woke up again, but they didn't have a conversation. It wasn't a conversation between Onaona and Nit. And the one the one they two the two of them had that i found did not really reveal anything they were just talking about where did they go when they were in the room next to us i will say that i had a lot more conversations planned out between them where you would have learned a lot more if you guys would have tried to spy and listen more but you didn't so yeah you didn't get much from them other than they were the ones who were being commanded to stick around while you guys were in the underbarrels. Okay, so when you said Onaona said something to Nit. Oh, just from the last we session? We never witnessed that. Yeah. So, uh, I just did all the research for nothing. Oh, sorry. So, from last session, Nit and Onaona were sitting and having a conversation. And no, you said last session that the two of them had a conversation back in the cave. Oh, yes. And yes. the reason why Onaona is not helping Nit now was said then. So I went back to find out what that was. But it wasn't. Uh, no, 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 no. Not because what it said then. It goes back to the. They are the slaver guards. They've been slaver right. guards working for Lord Rishi or for Bashir. You're not certain which one they worked for. Although, based on what's been said from Nit. From Ona Ona, you gather now that if Nit was boyfriends with Angus, that she was working for yeah. Lord Rishi. But you, you're not sure whether or not Ona Ona worked for Lord Rishi, or maybe they all did. Maybe I'm giving away too much. But you did, you did answer my question. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, the question really is: Does has does Clicker have any chance of knowing? Because no. I, as a player, don't. In that Not case, yet. I would ask like for a roll or whatever. Okay. No. Good. Good. Now, gotcha. I will okay. ask you to give me an insight check. Gladly. It's a seven. Yeah, okay. Some of the sensations that you experience there, you... As a... As a character, you haven't put it together. Maybe a player, you have. But the last thing I will say is as you're standing there and you return back to the clearing, you get a sense of something ominous is coming, like a pressure building up around you from all sides. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Yeah. Take you back. This is Ivan. I'm also known as Gary Dog, the Hammer Dog Games Community Manager, and I'm playing Clicker, a Ravenfolk locksmith. 
Hello, my name is Atua, and I will be playing Thorn of the Tiefling Bard. Hi, I'm Darium. I'm playing as Vargashelis, the Farvog Druid. I'm Mick, and I play Norbit. And then there is me. I am Dagaba, and you're listening to a Crimson Nib podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Crimson Nib or at facebook.com slash Crimson Nib. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please rate and review me on Google Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, good people, adieu.